I've been thinking a lot about uh, the media, the the fourth estate, and and I, I talked to a good friend of mine the other day, and uh, she had uh, never heard of what the fourth estate is. So it seems these days that the legacy news media is more often referred to with terms such as fake news, state-run media, left-wing or right-wing Aren't news outlets supposed to be simply reporting the unvarnished truth, regardless of who it might hurt or benefit? You might have heard of the press being referred to with the term the fourth estate. Now, according to Merriam-Webster, the term fourth estate has been around for centuries in Europe, uh, going back to medieval times. The people who participated in the political life of a country were generally divided into three classes or estates. In England, they were the three groups with representation in Parliament, namely the nobility, the clergy, and the common people. Some other group, like the mob or the public press, I like that, the mob, that had an unofficial but often great influence on public affairs was called the Fourth Estate. In the 19th century, the term the Fourth Estate came to refer to exclusively to the press, and now it is applied to all branches of the news media. Journalism is supposed to be tied to a set of ethical standards and values, including truth and accuracy, fairness and impartiality, and accountability. Unfortunately, so-called journalism today no longer, no longer seems to be very concerned with objective facts and instead tends to lean towards the personal bias and politics of the person doing the reporting. I'd like to talk about the forms of bias that contaminate the news we receive and result in the truth being distorted, stories being buried, or even us being told outright lies, all to satisfy the opinions of the reporter. According to an article I found uh, at allsides.com, they identified 16 different types of bias that influence the news that we hear. These various types of bias include spin. Now, you might have heard that one. I remember Bill O'Reilly used to say he was the no-spin zone. A great example of spin is how Business Insider reacted to a tweet by, the pres- by President Trump when he stated, Fake news and bad journalism have caused a big downturn. Sadly, many others will follow. The people want the truth. Well, we do want the truth. Ironically, Business Insider wrote an article referring to this tweet using exactly the kind of bad journalism he mentioned when he stated, President Donald Trump gloated over mass layoffs at multiple news outlets on Saturday, tweeting that many others will follow and attributed the loss to fake news. Notice the use of the word gloated in this response by the Business Insider. So can you see how they took President Trump's tweet and they twisted it all around? And if that's all you heard and you didn't actually see the original tweet, you'd probably think something completely different. We see this sort of stuff all the time. That's why I'm always saying do your own research. Unsubstantiated claims. Journalists sometimes make claims in their reporting without including evidence to back them up. This can occur in the headline of an article or in the body. Statements that appear to be fact but do not include specific evidence are a key indication of this type of media bias. Now, what I do whenever I'm talking about something on this show, I have 
several, well, I have quite a few pages of notes, which I do some research uh, over the course of several days and probably spend a good 10 hours or so reading and researching. And I even share this information with my guests and I share it with Stella too. And, and then after I post the show, I post the show notes too, so that you can look in the notes, you can do some research, you can be the judge. Sometimes websites or media outlets publish stories that are completely made up. And that's going to be a real problem, especially with AI coming up, uh, in which they're going to be able to do deep fakes with, you know, fake images of people uh, replicating their voice, you know, kind of like the the Joe Rogan example I did uh, a while back in which I showed you it. You couldn't tell it wasn't Joe Rogan. Remember how news outlets were reporting the 2020 election was the most secure in American history? Reporters were told this by certain officials in the government, and almost every news outlet parroted this statement without question. What facts are there to actually substantiate this claim? There aren't any. Then there's opinion statements presented as facts. Sometimes journalists use subjective language or statements under the guise of reporting objectively. Even when a media outlet presents an article as a factual and objective news piece, it may employ subjective statements or language. A subjective statement is one that is based on personal opinions, assumptions, beliefs, tastes, preferences, or interpretations. It reflects how the writer views reality, what they presuppose to be the truth. It is a statement colored by their specific perspective or lens and cannot be verified using concrete facts and figures within the article. There are objective modifiers. Blue, old, single-handedly, statistically, domestic, for which the meaning can be verified. On the other hand, there are subjective modifiers. Suspicious, dangerous, extreme, dismissively, apparently which are a matter of interpretation. An example of this is an article from SF Gate that I read in which it stated, Twitter banned or suspected several high-profile journalists Thursday evening, a move that further reveals the seemingly arbitrary decision-making of Elon Musk, a self-avowed free speech absolutionist. Seemingly arbitrary is an opinion of the writer. Then there's sensationalism, emotionalism. Oh, my God, the, the, the left, the liberals, the Democrats, they are so good with emotionalism. Oh, my, it's all about, it's all about how I feel. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with the facts most of the time. Sensationalism is a type of media bias in which information is presented in a way that gives a shock or makes a deep impression. Often it gives readers a false sense of culmination that all previous reporting has led to this ultimate story. Sensationalist language is often dramatic, yet vague. It often involves hyperbole at the expense of accuracy or warping reality to mislead or provoke a strong reaction in the reader. Is anybody but me sick of everything being referred to as breaking news or bombshells? Everything's a bombshell nowadays. I'd I'd say we've been completely bombed out at this point. These words now have about as much impact as calling someone a racist. Then there's mudslinging, an ad hominem. Mudslinging. We We see a lot of that. 
Mudslinging is a type of media bias when unfair or insulting things are said about someone in order to damage their reputation. Similarly, ad hominem attacks are attacks on a person's motive or character traits instead of the content of their argument or idea. You know, one thing I learned in college, uh, I went to school for engineering, and I had a class on critical thinking. And one thing that we learned is that you need to listen to the content of what the person is presenting, um, not necessarily just who's presenting it, because anybody can present some good facts that are interesting to hear. I listen to stuff all over the place. And you got you got to be you got to be able to critical think to see to figure out what is fact and what's opinion. An example is how the Economist referred to Ben Shapiro as an alt right sage. Also, so often these days, it's hard for someone to get a fair trial because they will be found guilty in the court of public opinion before their case is even heard. You know, like this marine that uh, helped the people in the subway in New York. I, don't, I think they're probably going to send that guy to jail for a lot of years. That's what I think. The media is ab- the liberal media is absolutely destroying him. Here's my favorite one: mind reading. <laughs> mind reading is a type of media bias that occurs in journalism where the writer assumes they know what another person thinks or thinks that the way they see the world reflects the way the world really is. An example of this is a statement made by CNN when they stated that Donald Trump's hatred of looking foolish and Democrats' conviction that they have a winning hand is leaving the president with no way out of the stalemate over his border wall. Maybe this journalist should get a job working for the psychic hotline rather than working for a news organization. Slant is a type of media bias that describes when journalists tell only the part of the story or when they highlight, focus on, or play up one particular angle or piece of information. It can include cherry-picking information or data to support one side or ignoring another perspective. Slant prevents readers from getting the full story and narrows the scope of our understanding. This really plays into that thing I mentioned earlier when I mentioned left-wing and right-wing news sources. Why do we have left-wing and right-wing news sources? Why don't we just have news sources that tell the truth? You're going to get a slant to promote a conservative or liberal viewpoint rather than to just present the facts and let the consumer decide. Flawed logic. Flawed logic or faulty reasoning is a way to misrepresent people's opinions or to arrive at conclusions that are not justified by the given evidence. Flawed uh, logic can involve jumping to conclusions or arriving at a conclusion that doesn't follow from the premise. This one reminds me of how there was this debate over whether health care is a right. In other words, in my opinion, this asks the question, should one person be forced by the government to pay for someone else's medical insurance? You know my opinion on that. Now, I like analogies. I often share information using analogies so that it can relate to you from a common point of reference. But in this situation, there was a terrible analogy being used to justify this claim. I just love this. I'm sure you guys heard this. There was an analogy being used that there are laws that you have to wear a seatbelt. So shouldn't you be made to buy medical insurance? How do those two... How are those two things the same? I don't, I don't know. 
Bias by omission, I call it lying by omission. Bias by omission is a type of media bias in which media outlets choose not to cover certain stories, omit information that would support an alternative viewpoint, or omit voices and perspectives on the other side. This is an easy one. How about how liberal news outlets would not talk about the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election? Or even better, how about how all the thousands of medical professionals around the world that were speaking out about the dangers of the COVID-19 shot? So many people took this dangerous shot without being informed because the dissenting voices were being suppressed, censored, blocked, doxxed. Now the trust is out there. uh, The truth is out there. After the damage has already been done, and many lives have been ruined with adverse reactions, some of them very serious. And by the way, you know, I was watching, I, I like watching Newsmax, but you know, one thing that really makes me question Newsmax is they're still running clot shot commercials, trying to push the clot shot. When it has already been proven, it's out there, numerous places around the world have banned the COVID-19 shot, and J&J even stopped producing it. They're just trying to just, you know, slink away and disappear under a rock somewhere and hope nobody will notice how many people they've hurt. So I don't know. I kind of trust their credibility in that, in, because of that. A mission of source attribution, attribution. A mission of source attribution is when a journalist does not back up their claims by linking to the source of that information. An informative, balanced article should provide the background or context of a story, including naming sources. I believe stating your source is an important part of backing up your your statement, as well as giving the reader a chance to do further research, just like I do. I give you the links to the stuff I'm reading. The common thing you'll hear are statements that refer to anonymous sources or critics, or they'll mention critics, but they don't mention the names. Who are these critics? I don't know. Biased by story choice and placement? You know, they'll take a story. Um, This is easy. I was watching, I remember a while back, I was watching an episode of Bar Rescue. I I, I love that show, John Taffer. I mean, he just lays into these people because they're doing stupid things. And... But I remember he was talking to somebody one day about uh, their menu, and it's like, well, you know, you got your items here that you really want to sell, but they're way down in the menu here, and it's like they're not highlighted. They're not going to get people's attention. But see, news outlets do the same thing. The, the, the things that they want you to believe, the things that they want you to see, they're going to make those, they're going to make those front and center so that you pay attention to those. And, and they might be reco- reporting the other stuff, but they're burying it somewhere way back in, you know, way down somewhere in the paper or, or the article, whatever. Subjective qualifying adge- adjectives. <laughs> Journalists can re- reveal bias when they include subjective qualifying adge- adjectives in front of specific words or phrases. Qualifying adjectives are words that characterize or attribute specific properties to a noun. When a journalist uses qualifying adjectives, they are suggesting a way for you to think about or interpret the issue instead of just giving you the facts and letting you make judgments to yourself. This can manipulate your v- view. Subjective qualifiers are closely related to spin words and phrases because they, object, they obscure the objective truth and insert subjectivity. For example, a journalist who, writes, journalist who writes that a politician made a serious allegation is interpreting the weight of that allegation for you. 
an unbiased piece of writing would simply tell you what the allegation is and allow you to make your own judgment call as to whether it is serious or not. This is okay if it's qualified as an opinion. I often say things and I will qualify them so well in my opinion, you know. I have a lot of opinions, opinions about a lot of things. Word choice. Words and phrases are loaded with political implications. The words or phrases a media outlet uses can reveal their perspective or ideologies. Liberals and conservatives often strongly disagree about the best way to describe hot-button issues. For example, a liberal journalist who favors abortion across access may call it reproductive health care or refer to supporters as pro-choice. Well, we know that they're full of a lot of BS on the pro-choice thing. We know that they don't really believe in pro-choice because I remember I was ticking a lot of people off when we were out protesting the, the clot shot and the mass mandates and stuff like that. And, and I, I took away their phrase and said, my body, my choice. Oh, my God, they got upset with me. Oh, these people were cursing at me. They were so mad because I was mocking them and making fun of them because they don't really believe in pro-choice. They don't really believe in you having control over your own body. Meanwhile, a conservative journalist would likely not use these terms. To them, this language softens, softens an immoral or unjustifiable act. Instead, they may call people who favor abortion access pro-abortion rather than pro-choice. Pro-abortion is what it is. Negative, negativity bias refers to a type of bias in which reporters emphasize bad or negative news or frame events in a negative light. light. If it bleeds, it leads is a commonly believed policy the media uses to get more viewers. And that reminds me, remember that song, Dirty Laundry? And it's like the bubble-headed bleach blonde comes out at five and talks about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. That's, 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 the, way the, news, that's the way the news is. They, they like death and destruction. I mean, it, it, it's, they're, they're shooting for ratings. They're businesses, after all. Photo bias is another one. You know, you'll you'll have like if you ever had somebody take a picture of you and it's like you weren't ready for it and you have this really weird look on your face or you look like you're asleep or or anything. So you need to delete that picture right now. Well, what they'll do is they'll find people. They'll take a really really unflattering picture of them and then they'll post it in the article. Like it looks like they're really mean and angry. And yeah, I've seen them take some pictures of Trump that way too. We would do it all the time. I know. Yeah, yeah. when he's like really into a speech, you know, and he's you know, it's like then they take picture just the right moment Mm -hmm. it's like oh this guy he's just angry and mean (laughs) (laughs) elite versus populist bias it's when journalists defer to the beliefs viewpoints and perspectives of people who are part of society's most prestigious credentialed institutions such as academic institutions government agency business executives or nonprofit organizations well you know these people have earned the criticism that they're getting now big pharma uh, fauci all of these people they're evil that's my opinion but i think it's true what do you think? Is that your opinion too, Sal? Absolutely. Too, I think they're just in it for the money. Yeah, they are. They don't care. They That's don't all, care. It's just yeah, money. It's about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in conclusion, I'd like to say everyone is biased. It's part of human nature to have perspectives, preferences, and prejudices. But sometimes bias, especially media bias, can become invisible to us. Now, when the bias becomes invisible to you, like if you just sit there all day long and all you watch is CNN or MSDNC and and all you do is watch that and that's the only news that you believe that there is, well, then you don't see the bias. 
We're all biased towards things that show us in the right. We're biased towards information that confirms our existing beliefs. We're biased towards the people or information that support us. Makes us look good and affirms our judgments and virtues. And we are biased towards the more moral choice of action, at least that which seems moral to the person that's watching or reading. Point I'm making here is that you need to do a little research. You need to be a better critical thinker on your own and really listen to the words that they are saying. You know, I remember when Barack Obama was running for the first time around. And I listened to his very first speech that I heard. It's like, wow, that guy's awesome. You know, I listened to the speech he did. But I was was captivated by the way he was saying the words. Now, I heard Adolf Hitler was a pretty good speaker, too. He influenced a whole lot of people to do a lot of things. We saw how that went. But, you know, I so after, you know, I'm a critical thinker and I'm thinking, wow, it's like, why am I so blown away by that speech he just made? So I listened to it again, more critically thinking and listening to the words. And then after I listened to it the second time around, it's like, wow, this guy's a communist. (laughs) It's like he says it so well. I remember a movie I saw where I can't remember what it was now, but but it was it, he was watching Adolf Hitler speak, and you know Adolf Hitler's up there speaking, giving this passionate speech, and it's like he says, I don't know what he's saying, but he's saying it very well, very convincing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so be better critical thinkers, people. That's no. the message I want to give you today. 